Hello and welcome to the second episode of the Taboo Talk podcast. Uh, my name is Katie O'Neill. I am the creator of The Confidence Call and the host of the Taboo Talk podcast. So thank you so much for listening. Um, before we get into things today, there's a few things that I um, need to mention. Um, the first and most importantly, is thank you so much to everyone who has been so, so supportive of my journey, of the confidence call, of like everything that is, everything that the confidence call stands for. Coming out with my first episode, it was um, quite a vulnerable experience, you know, like I really, like I came out, it was a stripper's coming out story, essentially, like... And I'm really, I'm really proud to have done that. And I'm just really overwhelmed with the positive feedback that I did receive. I knew that there would be reaction. However, I was, I wasn't really prepared for the, the level of positive reaction that I did get from the world. So thank you so much. I've had like, oh, so many people reaching out, people from high school, people from different parts of like the world. It's fucking cool. Like people I don't even know, which really goes to show that the confidence call, it really is growing and it is like expanding. And I'm really proud of that. I'm really, really proud of the community that we're building. You know, when I came out about being a sex worker, it's, I obviously like, I'm fully aware that I mean, I've created a podcast called Taboo Talk, so I'm very aware that it's like really taboo and there are going to be a lot of people with different opinions and things to say and that's fine. I didn't do this to make friends. I have started this movement to create social justice for sex workers because essentially that's what I'm passionate about. I'm passionate about people just getting what they deserve and sex workers bring a service to society and I'm tired of like the internalized misogyny I'm tired of fucking the ridiculous shame that's entwined with every single part every single aspect of sex is entwined with some form of shame especially for women especially for women who are empowered by their sexuality who are making money from it like we face more stereotypes and stigmas than anyone yeah I'm fucking I'm not having to borrow that guys the second thing that I would like to mention and I mean I think it's really funny like I titled my first episode hey mom I'm a sex worker and I literally didn't mention anything about telling my parents about being a sex worker. I want to make this clear. My mom was one of the first people who knew that I was a stripper. She knew before most of my friends did. Most of my friends only found out like a few weeks ago, to be honest with you. But yeah, no, I did not let my mom know that I was a sex worker by dropping a podcast. <laughs> like that's so fucked. And I wouldn't do that. No, I brought my mom over to New Zealand. She's seen where I where I work, kind of who I work with. She's seen my whole lifestyle over here. She fell in love with it. Like my parents are so loving and accepting and basically their whole thing about me being a sex worker is as long as I'm safe and as long as I'm happy. And I truly am both of those things. Um, as safe as I can be, 
at the club where I work, our safety is like a, like a huge priority, the priority of the club. So I do feel really looked after there. And um, yeah, so I'm happy with that. They're happy with that. They love me regardless. Life's good. <laughs> uh, there was another thing that I was going to mention, but I forgot what that was, but I've thought of something else. <laughs> so, um, I don't have any intro music and I'm really, okay, this is what I envision. Really like tribal, ritualistic, I don't know, like real primal music and then some really sensual, erotic, orgy moans and shit like kind of entwining with all that so if anyone has any like pre-recorded ritualistic orgies <laughs> um that we can turn into my intro song <laughs> can we um can we do can we i don't let's what let's collaborate <laughs> okay and i just want to say i'm fully aware of the weird voice change every time I like stop and start recording so I'm really gonna try to like not pause and just keep on going so <laughs> let's get into things um the basis of this episode is like basically a stripper q and I did a question thing on my Instagram the other day um for any questions that you guys might have for a stripper slash slash sex worker like myself um <laughs> that's what we're going to do this is why I need the pause button because I start stuttering and like dragging things out because I'm just like overthinking a little bit so I'm just gonna keep going anyway my first like point before I go into any Q&A's Q &A's, I want to talk about why I'm speaking up for sex workers the reason for that is New Zealand is the only country in the world to have completely decriminalized sex work. So what that means is that in 2003, the government worked with sex workers to help create laws to keep us protected and to keep us supported. Now, in most countries, sex work like prostitution is still illegal, right? This is basically in every country. Um, and despite, <clears throat> despite the fact that sex work is literally the oldest profession in the world, um, the first documented exchange of sex for goods was literally written on cave walls, cave walls, like before paper, guys, this is on the caves. Do what you got to do to get those berries, hun. But anyway, so in places like Kenya and New York City, a woman who is caught carrying condoms, so not even engaging in prostitution, but actually just carrying condoms, those condoms can be used as evidence, as sex work, as um, prostitution, and she can actually be charged for that. So as a sex worker who's probably struggling financially, they have the option of going into work and carrying condoms and risk getting caught by the law or they have the option of going into work engaging in unprotected sex and risking unwanted STIs and potentially pregnancies and it just seems so so barbaric like these women that are and not just women like this is like for all genders engaging in this 
profession and they're just so unprotected like literally not protected from the law and not protected in their own like sexual encounters like it's just so fucked so I'm really passionate about like I said earlier bringing social justice to sex workers because every single person every single person in the world deserves the right to feel safe at work. I don't care what you do. I don't care who you are. If you're bringing a service to society, you have that right. Okay, let's move on to start destigmatizing this shit. Uh, the first question that to, to come through, uh, do you ever feel attracted to your clients? Hmm. Um, my simple answer is I am attracted to money <laughs> and that is where my question begins and ends. No, I, um, I meet a lots of amazing people. I have some fantastic conversations, but I do think after like three years of this work, you do just have like emotional boundaries that go up. Um, it's almost like a bit of a numbness. Um, and like the, the thing is like what I'm doing is I am creating a fantasy for my client, but for me, I don't want to say, I don't want to say that the fantasy is, it's not a fantasy for me. Like it's, 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 I'm an entertainer. Like I'm, 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 it's theater, like it's all performance, but that doesn't mean it's not real. And I really want to stress this because a lot of the times, like I have customers, like, they're they're really unhappy with the fact that they're paying for the attention of a female and they're like well you're just paid to say this you're just paid to do this and like yes of course like I wouldn't be here if I wasn't working if you weren't if you hadn't booked me if we hadn't both like collaborated on this exchange together but that doesn't mean that the experience isn't real for me I still find a lot of fulfillment in like the the intimate interactions that I have it might not be as sexual for me as it is for my client. I'm like, yeah, like there's like a certain numbness to it. You know, I'm in the, like a committed relationship. Like most of the time I'm with my clients, I'm thinking about my partner, you know, like I'm thinking about what I'm going to be having for lunch the next day. I'm thinking about like the confidence call. I'm thinking about like probably not much that's actually happening. But at the same time, it doesn't mean that it's not real. It just it, It's just a different experience for me as it is for my clients. The second question to come through was, how, um, <laughs> how did it feel the first time you were on stage? Um, to be honest, I actually don't remember my first time on stage. However, I do remember... Um, <laughs> I remember my first time walking from the back room out into the actual club and I was like in my cheap lingerie and like on my borrowed stripper heels because like obviously you have to have stripper heels. I didn't bring any stripper heels across and they were red. I remember that. They were like these like whopping red like I think they must have only been four inch heels like they were so ugly <laughs> um yeah like I just there was this mirror on like the mirror on the wall like as I was walking out and I saw a reflection of myself and I just like took a breath and I was like well this is what you've signed up for Holly because Holly is actually my dancer name I go by Katie I go by Holly but yeah, like the thing is about stage, 
I love being on stage. I think if I was ever to stop dancing, I would like, I would miss stage so much. I love the energy that I bring up there. I love, you know, if you've got a good crowd as well, oh my God, it's just so fulfilling. And I feel like every single person at some point in their life should have their own stage where you get up and like, it's just so fun. It's so liberating and it's just creative, erotic expression. It's sensual. It's sexy. It's fun. It's whatever you want to be. It's whatever you're in the mood to be. Like, honestly, like I can be, I could be on stage and literally be the fucking horniest looking thing. Oh my God. <laughs> I love it or I can just be absolutely ridiculous and just have so much fun and it's just the thing about stripping is it's your character that people notice like people like essentially at face value like they're gonna see tits bodies all that but like it's your confidence that sells it's your character that sells and that's what people love that's what they're drawn to and I'm so proud to be so charismatic not always I can be a sassy bitch but like also being a sassy bitch sells. So, I mean, it all works in my favor in the end. <laughs> um, okay. What has the job done for your self-esteem and confidence? Um, look, it's done a lot. I would say the first year of stripping, it probably did too much. Um, I really, it can really feed your ego in quite an unhealthy way. And um, I definitely, it's funny because I have experienced confidence on both extreme sides of the spectrum. So obviously like I had, like I've spent a lot of my life hating, like loathing every single part of myself. And then, you know, I came into stripping and in my ego, my head was filled with all this shit. And the, like, as I mentioned before about like, you know, creating a fantasy for my clients. As an entertainer, it's you're also living in a semi-fantasy as well. Like the things that you hear and the way that you're treated in the club isn't necessarily reflective of how you'll be treated in the outside world. Um, so that is something to keep in mind. For anyone that is considering getting into the sex industry of getting into stripping and they're doing it in order to boost their confidence, I would not recommend this. I would not recommend that approach at all because like in order to, okay, so you can be the most beautiful, amazing, gorgeous person in the room but there is always someone who doesn't like peaches. You're always, we, we face rejection head on, like some brutal, brutal rejections from time to time. And like, you have to have thick skin. So in order to have thick skin, you must already have confidence. I think the journey of confidence is a really internal one. I think it takes time. It takes a lot of practice. And if you're seeking it externally in a place like a strip club where you want to get validated by men, no, that is the wrong approach and it will not fulfill you. It will only actually damage your confidence and your ego and your self-esteem even more. So yeah, I would not recommend that. 
Um, the next question is, what's the work timetable look like? I always imagine it's night. Um, yeah, basically the work timetable is why I struggle committing to it. So we start work typically at 9pm. Um, and we can work right up till 4.30 a.m., which means that some on Fridays and Saturdays and some weeknights, if you've made money, like you're not getting home till like 5 a.m. And I myself am such a morning person, so I'm not really compatible with the night life sort of thing. Um, and that that is the reason that I struggle with it. I know that the other strip club in Queenstown after COVID they opened for lunch times but we're just not like it's not a big like it's people call it a CBD I don't know it's tiny town I reckon uh we just don't have enough people coming through for that kind of operation really oh the only times you would work during the day is if you get booked for like a stag or a private or if you have like a sugar daddy thing but stripping itself yeah at night time the next question I didn't know that was your job. Are you happy? <laughs> this is from someone that I used to work with, actually. Um, yes, I am so abundantly happy. But there is something I need to say. Just because you're a happy person, just because you live a happy life, doesn't mean you need to feel good all the time. So I consider myself quite a happy person, but like, fuck, spend every single day with me and I will not be happy all of those days. <laughs> like, ask my boyfriend. <laughs> um, and that's fine. And I feel like, I don't know, like I, I do I do think that I'm quite happy. I'm very like content in my life, but I do feel like I experience my emotions on a very, very deep level. So if I'm happy, I literally could like levitate from like, you know, here to Calvin Heights if I'm sad, like I feel that really deeply. I feel my frustrations deeply. Like, and I'm very transparent as well. Like what you see is what you get. I can't really hide it. I don't really want to hide it. Um, and I, I feel like we should collectively, we should be more open about talking about how we really feeling and obviously separating that from like emotionally dumping. Like we don't need to emotionally dump every time someone asks us how we are, but we can start being more honest. Like we don't always need to reply with, yeah, I'm good. Thanks. Like I always tell people when I'm in a fiery mood, like, Hey, yeah, no, I'm in a really fucking fiery mood today. Like <laughs> just a heads up. So there's that. The next question is, do you time your workouts to avoid being sore for work? If you're a pole dancer, well, I actually don't do any pole stuff, so no. The only thing I time is the schedule of which I wash my hair <laughs> and the schedule of which I fake tan. But usually I actually operate that around my personal life. I just know that having clean hair makes me feel good and if I feel good, I make more money. <laughs> so yeah, there you go. Life hack. Have your hair clean. Um... Next question, do you think you'd be comfortable stripping in Melbourne? Hmm. This is something I have considered a lot over the years. <clears throat> um, and now that I'm 27, I'm like settled here in Queenstown. Like dancing in Melbourne just does not appeal to me at all. Like it just seems so stressful. Like the the amount of girls that work in the club is so much like it just seems really busy and like not my kind of 
vibe. I love working at the club because it's like long talks, it's long hustles, it's long bookings, you know. It's a very different dynamic to how a big city club is and it works for me. I also think like by the time I'm ready to move on from Queenstown, like if I am, I don't want to be moving my career of dancing just because I know how privileged I am at the club, how good it is, how much, like it's just home for me. And I I kind of want to leave it here. I don't want to be dancing forever. I do want to finish it up in the next like, you know, year or two. By the time I'm 30, I reckon. Um, what attracted you to stripping? Um, it was the creepy old men. <laughs> no, what attracted me oh, it was the money, of course. It was the lifestyle. It was just knowing that I could live a l more, with more freedom. I could live and travel and come back and save again and I wouldn't have to commit to anything. You know, the idea of signing contracts, like to work in big businesses and deal with HR and corporate hierarchy, like all that shit. No fucking thanks. I just wanted to travel and eat grapes and drink wine. <laughs> I wanted to eat and drink my wine. That's exactly what I've done. Um, and yeah, so that was the attraction. The attraction, yeah, just rebellion, really. I don't know, a mix of everything. I've always been destined to be a stripper, I think. Uh, okay, the next question. Did you have a supportive person if it went haywire as per any new person starting a job? No. <laughs> I had nothing. I literally just booked one ticket and one night accommodation. Mate, I had nights of homelessness. Like, I was... <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad this is a big shout out to my friend Faye Sim who has been like my core person my absolute rock since I moved here I met her a month in we lived together as the day that I moved in I got mumps so I was like bedridden and like ever since that day she's literally been my mum my she's been my Kiwi mum from England um and she has been my <laughs> supportive person, if anything, has, and she has supported me financially, like in anything that I've ever needed. Like she has been my person and I know that like, I could call her at any time. If I have questions on my electricity bill, like I call her for anything and everything. She's just that fallback person, but I didn't intend on meeting her. I'm so glad that I did, but like, yeah, that wasn't set up. That was set up by the universe. So I really believe that. She is, she is definitely one of my soulmates. Uh, the next question is, are you working tonight? Um, For the right price? No, probably not. <laughs> I'm not working. I was supposed to work tonight. I've got cover. Um, <laughs> and I have no intentions of going in. Uh, but seriously, do you get a lot of creepy old men come in? Um look, I'm going to be completely honest, the world is full of creeps. And if anything, the old men, those creepy old men that you're talking about are actually the men with etiquette, the men with money, the men that know how this works. They know we're not going home with them. They know not to ask. They just want to have a drink. They just want to like have a conversation with someone. Most of the time, they don't even want you to take your clothes off. They're just happy to give you a massage or just to cuddle. <laughs> like We're just talking about sharing 
oxytocin, oxytocin. <laughs> just getting those happy hormones pumping. Um, and yeah, so I mean, we get creepy old men, we get creepy young men, we get creepy creeps all the time. As long as you're tipping, just tip, tip, please. Also, if you're going to ask personal questions at a strip club, please be tipping. Um, a question that I always get whenever I'm working, hands down, every single night is, so, do you make a lot of money doing this? And that is a very personal question, for starters. Um, I always, like, throw it back in their face, like, well, Tom, do you make a lot of money doing what you do? And they're always, like, so shocked, like, you can't ask that. Like, well, no, I can. Yes, I can. There is potential to make fucking tons of money. You know, I've been paid to travel overseas. Like, I have international sugar daddies that pay me to, like, just get on webcam and chat to them you know there is so much room for money here it is ridiculous the amount of money that people spend but like I don't get an hourly rate um I don't get an hourly rate so the club is one of the best paying clubs in the southern hemisphere but there's also a lot of nights where you don't make any money if you don't get any dance if you don't get any tips you go home empty-handed you go home and you've put energy into putting your makeup on, you've put energy into coming to work, getting dressed up, and now you're in debt, like you're in energetic debt. <laughs> uh, that's the way I see it anyway. But you know what, chances are, if you didn't make any money, you're probably going to be going home at 2am, which I'm never that mad about. So yeah, there's potential to make really good money. I'm very happy with the money that I make. I'm not going to spend this podcast series though talking about money because A, I don't want to gloat, like it's not my place. B, it's so transient, like I can be making really good money this week and then for three months make absolute fuck all. Um, and anything could happen, you know, I could like, you know, touch wood, like injure myself and then I can't go into work. So I'm not here to talk about money and I'm not here to talk about money at the club either. Like stop asking strippers how much money they make. Like, Stop doing that, please. It's rude. And also stop asking us how old we are. Like, before you even... And also, <laughs> stop asking me at work what my real name is. I'm not going to tell you. I'm going to be straight up and be like, I made up the name Holly. Obviously, it's not my real name. Will you get my real name? Absolutely not. No matter how much you ask, no matter how much you try and tip me, you will not get my real name. That is personal information. Fuck off. I, as I'm like finishing this up, I'm like literally like rotating my tits like a rotisserie chicken. <laughs> I wish you could see it, but I also like wouldn't show you if I could. Okay, so another question that I hear all the time is how does stripping affect your dating life? Uh, a lot of people are really shocked to hear when I say that I have a boyfriend. Um... It's like you can't be a stripper and have... Like, people just assume at the club that I, I don't have a boyfriend. Like, I'll constantly be asked, like, but don't you want a boyfriend? Like, don't you want love? Like, don't you want don't you want someone to really care about you? I'm like, oh, okay, because I'm a stripper, no one cares about me. Like, fuck off. Um, but in all seriousness, it's actually a really good question um, because, like, it's... 
undeniable that um, being a stripper definitely had a huge impact on dating. Uh, it did make it quite difficult, but not in the sense of what you might think. Um, so just in terms of like the energy that I put out to men all the time and just because like I'm often paid to talk to them and I, you know, as much as I try and have very unique and different conversations with people, there is a lot of the same generic chat. Uh, so what I would find is like when I, back when I was single and I would go out to like public venues and stuff, like I really just didn't have, I, di- I had no capacity to talk to men and I was quite blunt about it. I could be quite rude. Um, looking back now, I'm definitely like, oh, <laughs> there's like some facepalm moments where like I remember being at a party and I literally <laughs> said to a guy, he started talking to me and I was like, I'm sorry, I just don't have the capacity to talk to a man today. <laughs> And, like, I wasn't polite about it either. And, like, you know, I'm human. Like, we all look back on things that we've done, conversations that we've had, and we cringe and we go, like, fuck, I can't believe I said that. And, like, the only thing that I know from that experience is that, obviously, I've grown. Um, Another way that it has impacted is, I guess, it being such a sex-positive person myself and, like, now being quite open about the industry that I'm in, I need someone who is confident enough in themselves that I don't have to worry about their insecurities. Of course, like I'm super like sensitive to that and I respect boundaries and things like that. But being a stripper automatically eliminated a lot of insecure people that just we wouldn't be compatible. Not everyone can date a stripper and not as, and I can't date anyone, just like anyone in the world. Like you're not compatible with everyone. It just becomes very obvious with the amount of people that are automatically like woven out of that experience. Um, and yeah, so dating is just, and I think as well, like another thing I did find, you know, when I was single, the effects of loneliness were a lot higher. Um, because I think you give so much intimacy, you know, there's so much, so much energetically that you give. And I'll talk about energetic a lot, energetics a lot through my podcast because, because I will, because <laughs> I have a lot to say about them. But I think, yeah, like constantly having these transactions with strangers where it's, you know, really, quite yeah like I said like intimate interactions it's um yeah it kind of makes you feel a deeper sense of loneliness when you're on your own and I really do stand by that because I am I am very very content on my own I'm a very independent person like I'm not ever really when I'm single I'm not actively seeking anything and yeah but just feeling the effects of that like yeah, it hits you a bit harder, I think. It hits you a bit harder. I do think that, like, there, are, I'd love to, like, study the energetics of stripping because I feel like we carry a lot, you know. We we take a lot from the customers, whether we mean to or not. And I think you have to be quite intentional about separating those experiences. Otherwise, it definitely, it definitely catches up to you. Um, and... The final question that I want to leave it on is what is the best part of your job? And there is so much. The best part is, I don't have one thing. I can't narrow it down. There's just the girls that I work with. There's 
the the money is great the clothing that we have the banter just like the random nights like sometimes you just get paid to go back to an airbnb and like (laughs) just eat in their kitchen like it's the experiences it's the people that i've met for me a massive a massive part about what i love about my job is the misconception it's the misunderstanding it is giving people an experience that they can't get anywhere it's being a being a person that someone can talk to with like you know I have faced so much stigma and like stereotypes with my job like I'm the least not well yeah like I, I don't really come with judgment so like I really love that I can create a space not just with the confidence call but actually like at the club where I work where it's like a safe place for people to open up and talk about things, you know, like I've like held men as they cry. (laughs) And that is something that I guess people don't really expect is that like strippers are also therapists in their own right. Of course, I'm not like qualified (laughs) or anything, but just a support person for people that are in need. Like, and this is what I mean about sex workers providing a service to society as we really do like if you are in need of any kind of human connection or just like a cuddle or just some kind of love it's gestures yes it's transactional but it's still beautiful and I'm really proud to provide that service to so many people and I just wish that the world could kind of open their eyes to see like what we're actually doing like yeah it's a lot of like fun and booty shaking and things like that but it is actually like way way deeper than that yeah I think that's something that we should think about more and anyway that's me done for another podcast episode thank you so much for listening I know that I've uploaded to Spotify and pending Apple Music so really excited to be on these platforms and I look forward to bringing you more content soon see you later